you know what? I I think I think there's something appealing to the rock monster uh, lifestyle in that uh, you I just agree. have to guard a single thing, mm-hmm. and you just kind of like hang out and basically meditate. I mean, it's a very stoic lifestyle. Yeah. Um, nice. until something First. comes, and then you just that's your deal. You're blocking the entry into this temple. You like have that's a the cause deal. In life. Yeah. Luck dragons, there's so much more. It's like what we talked about earlier about um, how when you're promoted to a certain level in your working life, it's pretty cool because you get to do interesting things, but you don't need to like figure out the greater complexities of it. And so yeah. that's your rock monster. Mm-hmm. You get to you get to, you know, like defend a really important temple and fight, you know, stupid good guys or bad guys, who knows. Whereas a luck dragon, I feel like there's a real managerial aspect because you have to take someone, you know, a small child under your wing, uh, not actual wing, and you need to, like, guide them. And uh, mentorship is so much harder than than guardianship, you know? Boy, it's the Doom to Fail podcast. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, is our friend, our friend, Catherine Cogart. Am I everybody's friend? Um, Do I have a say in the matter? Well, no. I think friendship is really well. Is friendship one way? Is is this a Facebook or a Twitter? You know, as far as friendship. Well, okay. So if you're watching How I Met Your Mother, friendship mm-hmm. can be w- one way. Or friendship is like a two-way street. Friendship just happens. You don't have a choice in friendship, is one thing that a friend of mine likes to quote from How I Met Your Mother, (laughs) which is a thing. Um, But if you watch Revenge, the ABC breakout hit... Revenge! Revenge! Anyway, I I just love watching Revenge, and I love singing that as the theme song. Um then revenge can totally be one way because you could be one person can be friends with the other person and the other person can be plotting the other person your friend your supposed friend's death and i think that's what life should be <laughs> so this is like did you ever play um assassin assassin's creed or no, oh no, 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 mafia no. it's called mafia? mafia it's called mafia that's a dumb name it's a way better um, name all right so Let's just be sure we're talking about the same thing, and then we can go back to uh, nitpicking. Um, it's the game where, you know, you've got ten people, and everyone is, is picked to have to, like, take out someone else in the group. Um, and then we played it, when I was in high school, we played it with water guns. So basically, if you got someone else wet, then you, you know, took them out, and then you would get their target. And this goes on until uh, there's only one person left. Oh, no, Mafia is a different game. Mafia okay. sounds more fun. See, that's why we that's why we went through this. What's mafia? Mafia is um or wait, is it Yeah. No, no, mafia no, no. is a game for the TI eighty three. I think you can <laughs> along play with it. Beer Wars and uh I think those were the two. <laughs> Did you ever oh, play that? Phoenix was on the TI eighty three. Block Dude was a big one on the TI eighty three. Remember Block Dude? No, oh, I don't. I, I um so I, before, uh, I imagine that most people who had this experience with the TI-83, uh, we all got the calculators at the same time, but there was some uh, period in between getting them and people when people actually figured out how to get the games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and in that period, I figured out how to use the, the TI basic 
coding thing. Yeah. And I just made, uh, because it was like literally the first thing I'd ever made, I made um, high-low, which is just, you know, you guess a number between 1 and 100, and then it says if you're higher or lower. Oh, yeah. Which is yeah. a game, I guess. <laughs> I made this um, um, game. It was like... It was like uh, like a pimp simulator, you know, like <laughs> you made this like a city sim game. Yeah, yeah, I made it. <laughs> was it was it menu based or was it uh? It was like sort, sort of, of menu intensely based. graphical. It there was there weren't pictures. It was like here are the stats of your um, brothel. Oh. <laughs> here's how many hoes you have. I feel um, like here's the quality like... of your hoes. <laughs> what what uh, on what scale are hoes rated? Is it just zero to ten, or is it like no? You know, I came up with like names. There were like ten levels, and I came up with names for each uh, level. I don't. It was know. like a love tester. It started at cold fish and went all the way up to like smoking hot. It started out with like has AIDS and like ended with like Scarlett Johansson or something. I don't. Well, know. it's good to know that uh, I liked the middle school version of you as much as I liked the middle school version of anyone, which is not at all. I I like that version of me. I think that version really? of me was really smart. I programmed a game. Come on. No, very good and for you. That's creative. impressive. Jesus. All right. All right. <laughs> no, no. It, it, the the programming is good. The uh, the content, eh, really. Well, eh, I was really. 13. Lowest common denominator stuff here, First Catherine. of all, I was 13. I watched a lot of Adult Swim. Well, speaking of being 13, yeah. c- can you believe this actually was going somewhere? The whole thing, oh, it yeah. seemed like we were just wandering aimlessly, but no. Today we're talking about young adult novels, perfect for the 13-year-old who can pry themselves away from Adult Swim for just a moment, which is none of them now, I think. I think <laughs> I I believe young adult novels are read exclusively now by um, people in their 30s who... Uh, and 20s. Okay, in 20s, you're right. But they're not read by young adults, I don't think, anymore. Well, yeah. I think uh, adults, uh, young adults have gotten older <laughs> in the past few years. I th- we just scaled literacy back. That's what we did. We were just like, well, yeah. no one really reads anything until they're 20 or so. And then they'll read, you know, like some young adult stuff, some, you know, uh, Handmaiden's Tale, that sort of thing, to really help them develop and, and come of age. Yeah. And then, you know, by the time they're, you know, 50 or 60, then they'll start to read uh, just Jonathan Franzen. Read exclusively by retirees. Oh, uh, that's John right. Grisham novels, don't forget those. Oh, right, yeah. The, the Sorry, the Grisham novels are from 40 to 60, and then the uh, literary fiction is, is after that. Yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That Let's talk right. about young adult novels. Okay. Um, what you been reading? <laughs> Uh, let's see. What's it called? Uh, the Chaos Walking series? Not familiar. I think so. I think it's called The Chaos Walking. Yeah, I don't have it unpacked. Um, it's, the premise is that, I love the premises of young adult books. I think that's why I love them so much, because their premises are always really strange. Uh, for example, this book is about, uh, a planet of like colonists but then there was a disease that killed all the women and made all the men be able to read each other's thoughts what a weird disease yeah it's a really strange disease and uh that's how you start the book and you're like 
wait, seriously, this is a weird. <laughs> no, I think uh, they call it high concept for a reason because it's so great. That's the higher the concept, the better in my book. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that sounds, so yeah, uh, that's what I was reading. That's okay, and book. this is a young adult novel. This is not because this to me, I mean, it kind of sounds like it's just sci-fi, which is not um, heavy reading necessarily, but also not necessarily targeted at you know the eight to fifteen set. I mean, how you know for sure it's a young adult novel is how old is the main character? How old is the main character? He's uh, turning thirteen. Just just coming of age. Yeah, it's a coming mm. of age story. But like, uh, what about Ender's Game, which is a sci-fi book that features a, a very young protagonist. I forget how old he is exactly. Tennis. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know that that's really a young adult book. I mean, it, it's it's appropriate as a young adult book. I think a lot there's... of young adults have read that book. Is the yeah. Thing. Like that was when everybody was reading it. Was when we were all young adults. I I read that like two years ago. Mm, I still haven't read it. Um. Not yeah. old enough yet. It's all right. Um, no, I enjoyed it. Uh, but, yeah, well, so it's blurry lines, right? Uh, well, I think another defining feature about young adult novels is that you're like, oh, we're going to treat you like an adult now, reader. So we're going to make, like, you know, some adult themes in here, like extreme violence, which is, I hear, the bread and butter of the Ender's Game series. Yeah. Oh, man. Really just unnecessary stuff, because that's what it is to be an adult. Yeah. I, I think it's because the author is not a great person. That's kind of my theory. Orson Scott Card? Yeah. Yeah, no. Not he seems a like a real guy. dick. Isn't he? He's like anti-gay too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't care for that. Isn't he a Scientologist? I might be making that part up. Uh, I don't think so. Isn't he a Mormon? Mormon. That's what it was. Do we? Uh, <laughs> not a great sign, Catherine. <laughs> um yeah maybe you have a point there uh what do you wh- I mean, what's that about like is it just to like is it just to put up a signpost is it just like hey by the way isn't this pretty cool wait what what are we putting um, the sorry the on? inclusion of, of violence or adult themes no i think it's an author wa- will write a book that he wants to read right maybe but I think these authors are similar to us in that they're really into science fiction and fantasy and adults aren't supposed to, like, real adults aren't supposed to like science fiction and fantasy. Because <laughs> they're supposed to, lo- they are supposed to have lost their imagination long since. Oh, geez. So much to unpack. Um... Oh, good. Okay. Well, we found something. <laughs> Yeah, we're, this is, oh man, this is just like the cheese episode where it was like, I don't know, let's just poke at it till something comes out. That sounds disgusting. Uh, hey, I really like cheese, so. I know you like you cheese. Know. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with Either that Either which fact. way. Yeah. We had mac and cheese last night. It was great. And what kind of cheese? Uh, cheddar and Parmesan. Mm, I love mm. that Velveeta cheese. <laughs> is that, so what are you? <sighs> What's wrong with me? There's so many questions that I wish I'd asked during the cheese podcast, and we might have to touch on here. Okay. Um, so two-parter. Yeah. So is that is that your like your main cheese source though? No, 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 no. I'm not sure no. I'd be alive if it was. Well, you could just eat not much of it. That would be okay. Ah, uh, yeah. I guess. 
But I mean, I want to eat more cheese than that. <laughs> so how much cheese? I mean, uh, see, I was, I was trying to get this yesterday too. I, I don't eat that much cheese. Not I, that much. I buy it for recipes and I like to buy really nice cheese when I buy cheese. Because otherwise nice. I'll be buying like Cheese Whiz and that's embarrassing for a person <laughs> of my age. So, young adult novels, I mean, this is, we are, believe it or not, this is kind of hanging together because, okay. um. <laughs> We're just taking a tour of th things that Tim thinks Catherine holds as flaws. Well, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm. Suspicious you bring up, glare. You bring up, <laughs> what was that? Suspicious glare. I was narrating mm -hmm. for the audience. It's, well, it's hard through the, through <laughs> the internet here. Um. No, you bring up uh, things real adults are supposed to do and sort of coming of age a lot. Um, yeah, I guess, so. Are you learning from these young adult novels? That's what I'm getting at, probably. Uh, are, you, are you reading these to be like, what do real adults do? No, because I don't think real adults read young adult novels. That's part of my rejection of becoming a real adult is continuing to read young adult novels. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes, but yes. But. So then, why do young adults read them? Because you're, it's, I, I thought the part of the process was it was about exposing yourself to adult themes. If you're thirteen, it is. <laughs> if so, you're twenty-three, not so much. What's it about then? It's about you know reading a story that's easy to read because it's meant for thirteen-year-olds. <laughs> so you feel like you're like you know what adult themes i got it i've seen true blood i know what real life is about. weird example yes sure hey i don't know what your life is about but for me that was basically a documentary um and so now you're just like ah you know what i just want something to move my eyes over yeah yeah <laughs> all right well sounds pretty good how do you feel about um I mean, like, why does it have to be reading? You know what I mean? Like, it rarely know. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, we've talked about this. Uh huh. You 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 can go nary a week without making a joke about how you're illiterate, which we it's all know true. is not true. You're a very smart lady. I just choose not to be. <laughs> if yeah, well, no, like, why 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 bother reading? I guess, like, what's the appeal to you? Because oh. I, I guess I because for me the appeal is. These premises of these young adult novels are amazing to me. Like, that's so creative. <laughs> Who would think of that? What do you mean? <laughs> You're on a planet and there's a disease, but it has very, very specific, like, side effects. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Um, I think we can come up with as good of a concept right now, right? Okay, yeah. Okay. Maybe we can. So. Okay, fine. Let's come up with a, with a concept. Okay, are we doing um, sort of a, is this a sci-fi space opera kind of thing, or is this more of a fantasy medieval times thing? I don't where, really where are we want to do a space opera, but let's do sci-fi. Okay, so it's sci-fi. It's set uh, near future Earth, because I like my time period, my, I like it when it's very similar, okay. but just a little different. Okay, near future right. apocalypse, no apocalypse. Uh, I think no apocalypse. I find that much more intriguing. Okay. What do you think? I think if we want to make it kind of ham-handed, maybe we should go apocalypse. Oh, I love a good apocalypse story. Yeah, you want to go apocalypse? I do love a good apocalypse story. One of my favorite books is Good Omens. What's that about? Oh, it's uh, it's about the end of the world and like the Antichrist being born. But the Antichrist, they like the demon kind of loses hit the Antichrist at his birth, so he grows up as a normal kid. And so now the Antichrist is like 
more concerned with chasing frogs than <laughs> ending the world. Well, that sounds good. It's a really, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Terry Pratchard and Neil Ga- Gaiman. Oh, yeah. those guys. Yeah, those dudes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> patron saints of sci-fi books that are supposed to be good, but I've never read. <laughs> the both of them. <laughs> okay. So this is po- post-apocalyptic, though, right? Not, not apocalyptic. We're not uh, talking about the apocalypse. We're, this is after the fall. Okay. Okay, let's go after the fall. Okay. So uh, what sort of thing happened? What, what, what was the sort of apocalypse? Um, okay, so it's science fiction, so it's not fantastic. It is realistic. <laughs> so... Um. Yeah, let's go with a disease. Let's go with disease. Okay. Mysterious disease Mysterious comes in, disease. takes out yeah. um, 90% of people, including uh, all people in um, dense urban areas. It's just too much, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah. uh, then we're left with stragglers who... The only people who are left alive are the people who uh, live in very remote areas. Okay. Yeah? Okay. How does this, uh, how does this disease affect animals? Um, it makes them, makes them very intelligent, right? Okay. But not like, they're not like just up and talking all of a sudden. Okay. It's just that we, the phase that we join the story, they are, um, it's become clear that they're evolving at a very, very quick rate now. I see. And, uh, within a number of generations, they'll, you know, be able to bring some serious competition to... Uh, humans as the dominant species on earth okay i see um should we do a, is it a specific animal or is it just all animals uh i don't know let's just do all like animals moose. i like that okay so all animals now yeah. are going to be raised to um you know it's it's been noticed that they're like building more complex structures than ever they seem to be planning With their lack of thumbs yeah no they figured out ways that's how that's how good and smart they are oh okay yeah. What if they have been able to manipulate humans into building structures for them? Ooh, wow, that's real smart. Yeah. That's mischievous. Yeah. Um, oh, and then perhaps, well, not our protagonist, but perhaps there are other, uh, I'm not sure this is the best story, but <laughs> um, there are other sort of uh, clan people just outside of, you know, at the periphery of the story who seem to have been like, you know, scheming with the animals. You know, okay. it's like, I don't okay. trust those Johnsons. They, I, I, I think I saw him with a meeting with a Blue Jay the other day. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, all right. And we call so it now, the food chain. The food chain. I like it. All right, characterization. Let's get specific. Who's our, uh, who's our, who's our hero? Is it a, a, a young child? Uh, yeah, obviously. Okay. I'm going to say turning 15. 15, perfect. Yeah, they always have to be turning an age. Yeah. <laughs> teenagers are constantly progress. turning another age. That's the thing you have to know about teenagers. <laughs> just, oh, every freaking year, just one more age. <laughs> All right, Without so it's sort of a fail. Katniss Everdeen model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. And her pet schnauzer uh, betrayed her somehow. When she was uh, 10 or something. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. Somehow. <laughs> well, she has to have like a dark past type of thing. You know, she has to right. have some inner, turn- inner turmoil to work out. Okay. 
And then the... So she's got, uh, you know, she's got a good heart, obviously. She does, we know obviously. this because she, yeah. she's the hero. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so she's trying to find a way to... To make work the fact that her schnauzer betrayed her and terrible things have happened uh, due to the animal's rising intelligence. And her family, very, very against animals. They are part of the anti-animal clan. But she's trying to find a way to make it work. She's like, well, but they're intelligent beings, but also I hate them. And she's really trying to sort that out. Yeah? Yeah. 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 So maybe she's uh, split between her current family. We'll call them a tribe. We'll say we're in tribes now. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, what happens. We all know that. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's, she's, so she's kind of split between her tribe and this other sort of tribe that's trying to conspire with the animals. But, you know, I don't think things will end great for them, honestly. And by the end of the book, she resolves it by starting her own tribe. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then, and then uh, this leaves the door open for so many sequels. So many sequels. So many. All right. Well, we will have to go and write that. And uh, we'll be back in like five minutes, right? I think. Okay. We yeah. should probably knock this thing out. I think yeah. it'll be a movie right. by that time. <laughs> uh, look for that on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Do the film We are back on the Doom to Fail podcast talking about young adult novels. And um, Catherine and I have to count our millions from all the books we sold uh, about. What was the name of our, what was the name? Um, uh, oh, Food Chain. It was called Food Chain, that's right? That's right. It was called Food yeah. Chain. All right. So we have to count our Food Chain <laughs> has bucks. nothing to do with the Hunger Games, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never. Oh, it's in and our then, subconscious. Um, a, the sequel is called Mockingjay, but it's 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 really because the the Blue Jay is like making fun of people. It's yeah, yeah, because they're so smart. They're so smart. They become really witty. They're like the comedians yeah. of the animal world. Yeah, maybe we misspoke earlier when we were saying they're smart. It wasn't that they like you know can use tools or anything. It was more just that like they're really clever, like <laughs> at, and good at jokes. You know, <laughs> oh, they're such good joke writers. Yeah. Yeah. No, you invite yeah. them to parties. Near the Imagine uh, a world in which all the animals are the most popular at parties. Leading up to the apocalypse, I think Jimmy Fallon had a had a goat on his writings team. <laughs> uh, we have no proof that's not what's happening right now. <laughs> so this whole thing where animals suddenly become really smart, that's kind of... I think that's where a lot of adults are like, this is stupid. That, that's not going to happen. Right? I mean, that's where a lot of adults sort of turn off, I think. Well, if we can take a moment. Uh, uh, you've sure. seen the um, Stars series Party Down? Yes, I love that series. Yeah. No, it's really, really good. Yeah. Uh, but Martin Starr's character insists he's into hard sci-fi. Oh, I like, love Like, really that. hard sci-fi only. <sighs> His character's awesome. <laughs> um, and I think that's the problem. So, with our all animals get super smart thing, it makes no sense. Like... Like, there's just no way to describe how, like, wait, but humans are animals, technically, if it affects all animals. And wait, does it affect, like, 
you know, reptiles and fish, or is it just, like, it, there's so much, like, like, it's just unmoored from any system, you know what I mean? Yes. And perhaps that is what uh, adults, uh, <laughs> adults, uh, perhaps that is what people who don't actually really like that, or don't buy into that and think it's ridiculous, that's what they're responding to. No, I agree. That's exactly what they're responding to. And that's a perfectly legitimate response. Though, I think a key part of what makes a young adult novel something that's really compelling is when you read it, those questions are answered. Hmm. I don't know, actually. That doesn't that doesn't sit right with me. Uh, it's not like I read a lot of young adult novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones, like, so take your Harry Potter, for instance. Okay. Uh, that is largely explained because she does a good job world building, but... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff there where you just kind of have to take it. You're just like, all right, so you can go through paintings. Fair enough. Like, no, I'm saying you don't have to explain all the side stuff because otherwise this book would be a million years long. It, we need a Harry Potter Silmarillion. We need it. <laughs> uh, and there's magic there, so that's a whole other issue. Mm. Um, but I'm saying something like uh, the Hunger Games. Wait, so why is she in a different colony or... <laughs> Why are these people killing each other? Why is that productive? Like, why is that a good idea? Um, how is that not just completely a detriment to society? It's um, like you don't even like blood sport, Catherine. That question is answered, like, in full within the three novels. Well, y- y- okay. Uh, I guess I was thinking more in terms of, like, sort of fantastical plot devices. No, that's a plot device. That's a separate thing. I'm talking about the premise. Specifically, explain why the premise is the premise and why that makes logical sense. Okay. Well, I think I... uh, It's got to be like everything, right? Where it must be like everything. Doing real good this morning. Um, Mm -hmm. Where, like... uh, Come on. some, Some books will explain it really well. If The Hunger Games does, then great. And some won't, right? Yeah. Well, I'm saying that makes it compelling. As if it's well explained or not. <laughs> so, but then let's take your your Hunger Gameses. Uh, would then that be appealing to? I mean, I guess it is appealing to everybody, right? Like, I mean, my my original premise was just that, like, oh well, if something's too fantastical, then you know, it's called ridiculous, and then it's whatever, it's for kids or something. Yeah. But it sounds like the Hunger Games. It explains it pretty well. And, come on, yeah. it takes you, what, 48 hours to read all three Hunger Games books? Something like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that that, that explains the uh, that the, the premise was graspable enough. Yes. I mean, what made like... it, I think what made the best the Hunger Games a bestseller was that, like, literally every other sentence is a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, how about this? Uh... What about The Da Vinci Code? So The Da Vinci Code is not a young adult novel no. in name. No. But The Da Vinci Code writes, you know, each chapter is about six sentences long and also always ends in a cliffhanger. And he, he constantly juggles scenes. So you're following these people in one chapter and the mm-hmm. next chapter you follow another person and then in the next right. chapter you follow another person. So it's always like three chapters before you're back to answering the cliffhanger from three chapters ago. Right. Um, which is kind of the same device. Do we think uh, the Da Vinci Code and, say, the Hunger Games could have parallels drawn between them as far as style? You know, I'm not sure. I So my impression, I read Angels and Demons. I read it a long time ago, and I didn't finish it because... Oh, so... Oh, <laughs> I'm really mad at Dan Brown, like, still. I know. I know. It's okay, honey. We're going to make <laughs> it through this. 
It's not okay. I mean, I'm going to be okay, but hopefully Dan Brown won't. <laughs> Making threats to Dan Brown. <laughs> He's fine. Um, anyway. He could literally protect himself with a wall of money. Like, <laughs> there'd be no way I could get through. There's too many billions. <laughs> anyway, I uh, got really frustrated, and so I put it down because I felt like uh, this is just written like a movie. Like, I know these plot structures like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where, like, these Grisham novels and Dan Brown novels, why they make bestseller lists is because they're very familiar. They're read by adults mm-hmm. who know how stories go. They know what stories are now. They've seen the same story a million times with different characters. And sure. it's, it's very like law and order. It's like comfort food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but you don't think that's a factor in, let's say, your coming-of-age adult, young adult novel? Uh, no, because it's the first time, or not the first time, but they don't know what story arcs are like yet. No, 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 no. We're talking about young adult novels, yeah. not young adults. Um, you okay, know what story well, arcs are like, Catherine. You do. The intended audience. You're so smart. I'm just saying, you know what they are. And as we've talked about, young adult novels are read by 20-somethings. Oh, because I think the the premise is fascinating. Okay. Like, I really like the premise. Well, but this is actually... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like premises, too. Okay. Like I said, the higher the concept, the better. But you know the arcs, or or are the arcs always new and different? You Um, know what I mean? Sometimes they're surprising. Because you have to take some interesting twists, but sometimes it's really obvious. Well, how do you feel when it's obvious? Is this is it like a I know this and you put it down? Well, or? it's a comfort food thing, you know. Uh, it's okay. like okay, now I know this is how this is gonna go, and then I feel like I'm reading a Robert Grisham novel for a second, but you know, like <laughs> uh, <laughs> written John with Grisham. more enthusiasm. Yeah. I don't know his name. <laughs> it's fine. Grisham is the important word. Yeah, Grisham. John Grisham. You know what, John? It's it's the it's the blandest of names. <laughs> It's the most American of names. Is that right? I don't know. What about uh, Steve? Nah. Steve was on the Mayflower, but John got off first. I see. Uh, John Winthrop? See? He did get off first. Maybe. I'm not positive. Um, oh, so then it's just like, uh, let's let's say if you want to pick any random John Grisham novel. Okay. Um, Oh, you'd think I couldn't remember the name of one of them. You got anything? No. The Lincoln Lawyer? Was that a Grisham? Was it? I don't know. I feel like that's a mo- that's a book that someone made up and said that John Grisham wrote. <laughs> Maybe. And then they just put Matthew McConaughey in it, and they're like, yes. And I was like, yeah, Matthew McConaughey, all right. <laughs> that guy's good looking. So let's just say uh, we take our Lincoln Lawyer, and we, we heighten the concept. So instead of it being a uh, lawyer who... Runaway jury, I think that was one. Uh, so instead of it being uh, a lawyer who I think he lost his house was the deal, and he was like running an office out of his his Lincoln. I think that was the basic premise. Yeah. Um, let's say uh, it's that, but also um, his car can fly. I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble heightening this concept, but let's ratchet up the concept a little here. Okay. Um, I don't know. You have any his good car can good fly? ideas? Yeah, I just. <laughs> So he's a lawyer? It's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang mixed with Lincoln Lawyer. <laughs> okay. I haven't uh, read any books since uh, 1894, so... 
Well, H.G. Wells. Um, wait, so what's the premise of the actual Lincoln lawyer? He's I, just I a think lawyer? It's this, you know what? Let me just get this right. I'll look it up. It's not going to be real book. <laughs> so he's a lawyer and he has this really complicated case that takes some twists and turns type yeah, of thing. Yeah, as near as I could tell, that's there's the premise. Okay. He's a lawyer and the case is kind of complicated with twists and turns. Okay. Which, yeah, too low concept. Because, I mean, we can all we can all read in that. Well, okay, yeah, I get it. Lawyers sometimes have hard cases. It, maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. It depends on the writing. So we're turning that into a young adult novel. We got to ratchet up the concept higher and higher. Okay. Main character is now his son who is turning 14. <laughs> <laughs> That's step one. Okay. And, um, and yeah, so his dad... Uh, is trying to fight this drug ring. Yes. And the drug me is some sort of science fiction-y thing that has some sort of science fiction drug effect. Like... It... Cures all of your diseases if you take it once, but it's very addictive. And if you take it more times than that, then they all come back accelerated. It's a classic rage drug. Oh, it's a classic rage drug. Yes. Yeah. Boom. This is this is comics one on one here. Boom. So, it's, it cures all the diseases, but then it makes you real strong and aggressive. Um, yes. And and but more and more addicted and desperate every time. Sure. Okay. Yeah, they call them uh, blazers. Blazers. The, yes. Yeah, the people who are addicted, they call them blazers. <laughs> Not to be confused with the smart jacket. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's different. <laughs> uh, there's there's many chapters given over to explain the difference. <laughs> Because he goes to, like, a prep school, and so he has to wear a blazer to school. And so, like, kids are talking about blazers, and he's like, oh, I need a new blazer for school. And so yeah, he goes and to they, the drug dealer, like, hey, I heard you had a blazer for me. They snort at him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, oh, so he mistakenly takes the blazers. Right. And then and then there's a scene where, you know, his dad, who, who's who been fighting this, he's trying to take down the blazers, you know, the, the blazer drug ring. Yes. And uh, his dad confronts him. And where did you get this? Do you know what this is? All right. And there's a strong anti-drug message. That's good. Yeah. Uh, Nancy Reagan would be proud. Yeah. All right. So now we're at this point. And really, I mean, is this starting to sound like something you might pick up if you saw Not it in really. a bookstore? No. It, it's a little hackneyed. Yeah. <laughs> Give you that. <laughs> uh that's a that's a little bit Blade Runner, but not enough for me to like it. Because it's not, yeah. Well, it is in L.A. too. Yeah. Well, I guess all I was getting at was, uh, you know, you you mentioned comfort food in in both cases, uh, whether it's you know a, a John Grisham novel or a you know a young adult novel. Yeah. And I wonder if one of the big differences between the two is just that, well, one has a concept you can kind of latch onto within the first like ten seconds, and the other one is kind of like. Uh, I'm going to have to read like half of this before I decide if it's actually something I'm interested in. You know, it doesn't have that driver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another, I realized another key case, like a reason I don't want to pick up this book that we just made up, but a reason I would pick up our food chain book <laughs> is um, that whatever premise it is has ramifications for society. And you have to figure out how does this premise make sense for this society? Hmm. And blazers, I mean, there's already, like, testosterone drugs that you can take that kind of have a similar sort of rage effect. So that's kind of, like, we're already dealing with that. I already know its effect on society. It's not far-reaching enough. 
I sincerely doubt you already know the effect of various rage drugs on society. I mean, I feel like it's Name one. What are you talking about? Like, um, like, uh, steroids. Okay. Like, it doesn't really change things that much. I, I think it's notably different, but I don't really want to dig into, yeah, steroids as... I mean, what if, you, what if you want to talk about it as steroids, as a commentary on steroids by taking it to the nth level, you know? You just say, you know, here's what... Here's what could happen. I, I guess, uh, it's not a, it's not a far-reaching enough effect. Mm. I don't blame you for not being interested in the war on drugs. Dara took it out of me. Yeah. Sat through Dara and was like, all right, I get it. Drugs are tricky. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's be pretty careful here. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there already is a war on drugs here, and it's like there's no new elements in society if you add this rage drug. Like, mm. no new far-reaching effects that, like, have to be dealt with and made sense of. Yeah. Well, I, I disagree, but uh, I also wouldn't read that book, so I think we just wouldn't read it for different reasons. Okay. That's fair. Um, all right. All right. Well, fair enough. We'll be back next week. She sees what she wants to see. Bye. Bye. Bye.